Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight on Sweet Liberty. Today is Wednesday. It is the, uh, did we say 24, Alan? 24. It is the 24th of May in the year 2006, folks. Alan Watt is with us this evening, of course. And um, I will start here with our spiritual message. This, once again, is from my box of sayings, quotes from The Course in Miracles. And uh, this says, Nothing you can do can change eternal love. Nothing you can do can change eternal love. And thank you for being with us, Alan. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything particular tonight that is on your mind that you want to begin with? I was just going to mention that uh, apparently... I think it was um, NBC in, in California, uh, Los Angeles had broadcast uh, something, maybe this last night or this morning, on a town which has been affected by these trails, these chemtrails. Really? And they mentioned that there was a, a yellow powder coming down. Now, this is back in February. And, and, and NBC broadcast this? Uh, I believe so. And they were streaming it today. I never caught it myself. But what I was told was that um, the ministries, one of the departments of environment sent out someone who tried to say it was pollen, but it was too early in the year for pollen. And uh, the townspeople had, had been getting sick. Uh, uh, and they, they, they said that they saw the stuff coming down and uh, it exploded in the air at one point. Now, what can a pollen explode? <laughs> Overhead. When they say explode, I wonder. See, I can't picture that. What? It was kind of like a, a, a gaseous type of cloud. It was just yellow, and, and you saw the aircraft spraying them, and uh, just. And the news reported it. Uh, this was on the, this uh, broadcast. I'm just wondering if they're going to broadcast across the country eventually. Yep. Because here, you see, about a month or so ago, um, there was a on the first rain that we really had. Uh, the, a couple of hours later, there was a, a three or four inch white yellow band around every puddle. Every puddle had it. Wow. And it lasted for a few days. And even when it came down really heavy for the next couple of days, that, that yellow band stayed there. And when the puddle started to, jerk, to dry, it left this band behind them. Uh. So I got some samples and we oh, good. try and get them tested. Good. It's not pollen because we didn't have any any film of pollen coming off anything. Generally, you get a film on your windows and on your your, your vehicle, but there was none of that. So. Uh, yes, exactly. You would. Yeah. So I've never seen this. this do you have any, Do you have any thought of what type of mixture this could be that would be a yellow? I mean, what would be in it ah. that would have it yellow? Well. We know that Britain has declassified um, documents from the 60s only recently, and they admitted to, to using cadmium, uh, which is... Cadmium red. It's a yellow powder. Oh, cadmium is... Oh, there is cadmium yellow, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, and it sprayed this from ships that blew it in over Norfolk in England, and uh, then they observed the public for years and that they had the highest esophageal cancer rate. Um, and no doubt... Esophageal, says the esophagus? Yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> it's a tremendous carcinogen. So we don't know what they're up to, really. 
unless you get the stuff tested. Alan? Yeah? Okay, there is the cadmium yellow and there's cadmium red yeah. in the oil paint. Mm -hmm. Now, it, it, it is cadmium itself yellow and they do something to make cadmium red? Yeah, it makes it inert. In other words, it's not dangerous. What, the cadmium red? I believe so. Well, I can remember once I was taking a a painting course at the Art Institute in Springfield. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, you, I would get paint on my fingers and then wipe my face, you know. And my teacher came over and she said, Jackie, get that off your face and get it off your fingers. Uh -huh. That is very dangerous. And I thought she was really overreacting. Yeah. But maybe not. Well, it's maybe not so bad there, but if you're breathing a powdered form in... It certainly would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just amazing that this stuff is being declassified. I mean, this, this is what I keep trying to tell people. Uh, there are so many levels of real government above the one that you elect. Yes. And um, I, I talked to Don Scott about it up in Sudbury. Uh, he's been on the radio about this, these trails and uh, what they've been doing. And he, he got his federal MP. Now, that's the federal politician, member of parliament, to bring this up in parliament. And uh, the minister for defense refused to answer, said he didn't have to answer. So so we have no, literally no complaints department here as to what's happening. No, of course there isn't. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you know about or what... Uh, Donald Scott was one of the authors of the Bruce, Brucellosis Triangle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I did have a conversation with him one time. Mm -hmm. And it was after, I don't know if you recall this, remember the people that had the four shepherds? Uh, it, it was a sheep farm and they had imported these sheep. Uh, and, the, and the EPA came, I mean, you know, with their flax jackets and their jack boots and their guns and for a family of four oh yeah uh, two children and the mother and father they took every single one of their sheep oh yeah and they killed them all mm -hmm. and uh, I had them on the air with us I had the, the, the father and I got all of their or a lot of their documentation mm -hmm. and there there had been testing of those sheep and there was nothing wrong with them but their sheep were taken anyway and um, and of course their their whole investment uh, was gone. It, it was one of those power grabs. And when I was talking with Don Scott, he called me uh, because evidently one of our listeners told him he should come on Sweet Liberty. And at first when he called, I said, "Well, you would have to call me on your dime because I don't have an 800 number." Oh, that's no problem. And then we got talking about that family, and he just insisted that those sheep had to be killed. I said, then you you shouldn't say that till you read all the information and, and the crime and the corruption and deceit that went on in regard to this. He said they had Yachtspell disease. That's how he called it. Yachtspell, or however you would do that. Yes. Well, anyway, as we talked, um, he was going to be as I said on the air with me mm -hmm. and then before we were off the air he said off the phone he said well I guess he called me back he said well that he had talked to his partners whatever and he just couldn't do the broadcast with me because their budget was so low and he couldn't afford the call mm -hmm. and initially everything was fine but the point is 
uh, he was going along with the stealing of these sheep mm-hmm. uh, like it had to have been done and Alan it didn't uh, yeah, but I, I, don't I don't know anything about this particular case um, uh, but generally there's some recompense or something if they do something like that but although they, in Britain when, when just the mad cow nonsense uh, they literally went into every that's farm right, that's and right. flew teams by helicopter in and they'd walk into barns and just shoot them along and fly off again. These sheep, yeah. To the farmers. These sheep were bred mm-hmm. from a strain yeah. that had been tested and tested for oh, any yeah. disease. Yeah. And then after they were bred and these people were importing them, first they were quarantined in their home country uh, before they were able to come over here. Then they got over here and they were quarantined. Uh-huh. And they paid a very high price. Yeah. And these people were making their living. Uh, making, uh, I guess, just delicious cheese and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, they 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 lost everything. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, see, there's so much going on that we have no idea about, really. Uh, and this is what I, I I don't like to alarm people, but I think they have to stop thinking that the world's going to come to an end sometime in the distant future, all at once, because you'll find out that we've been getting poisoned and so on and tested on. Uh, in fact, it's been happening to people before I was born, and it's happened during my generation, and they're doing it to the, to the next generation. Uh, it's an ongoing program here where we are, this is the laboratory, and, and we are the guinea pigs. Yeah. And not only that, they know, I think, what they're really, really doing. Uh, it's an interesting thing that I think... It you was think Alvin. they know what they're doing, Alan? Yeah, they do. They, okay. they, they, <laughs> these guys have such incredible plans. Um, and and you cannot go by the media. The media will put you into a certain mindset, so you can't really fathom out what's happening, uh, because you're trying to use normal logic according to the data. But when you use the observations and the facts that come out over the years, you start to get this incredible picture that these characters know exactly where they're going with us all. And you, then you tap into the global meetings on depopulation, um, and also rendering um, people ill so that they'll be very uh, poor marriage partners. And all of this has been going on for donkey's years. And here we are getting sprayed like bugs every day like bugs. on these aircraft. Yeah. And there's not a peep from anybody near the top or any media. Now, a media that won't even r- 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 talk about this, I wouldn't listen to about anything because that's how controlled they are. That shows you there's total control when no one in the media is going to risk that their job and their career by stating what's obvious if we just look up. And that's a scary thought when you think about it. So we've got to stop thinking, relying on them for information on anything and, and do it all ourselves. Uh, Gonzalez. Hmm. What the heck is his... Uh, I can't remember who he is. Attorney General? Uh-huh. Well, I I got an email uh, this weekend, this past weekend, where he was quoted as saying that journalists can be persecuted, prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, evidently, if something that they're reporting is considered to be a threat to national security. Oh, I know. I know. They're taking this all, all the way. Uh, journalists. And, you know, there have been a lot of journalists uh, killed over there in Iraq and disappeared and yeah. so some of them when they try to jump ship 
and do it right, Alan. Uh -huh. They just do them in. Hey, that's the real world. See, that's the real world. Uh, it's a scary thing for most people to, to realize that all these glossy magazines and, and newspapers really, um, on the one hand, are not telling you really what's happening, and a lot of what they are telling you is total uh, disinformation to keep you twiddling your thumbs and, and smiling away. Uh, that's part of mind control. Mind control works primarily through the data that you receive. And when you believe that the media is there to do your thinking for you, then you're under mind control. And Aldo Huxley pretty well said that, you know. So this is well understood. We, we form our opinions on what we're fed. Well, you know, I remember one time when we were talking, mm -hmm. I know I brought this up last uh, week, mm -hmm. uh, more on the spiritual level, mm -hmm. when you said that they're at the top. Yeah. Uh, the ones that we believe are in control are actually controlled uh, by another level. Yeah. People that we don't, or creatures, I don't know what we would call them. Um, but when I, I said, well, you said that their greatest fear mm -hmm. is that enough people will realize the power that is within us. Yeah. And, um, and I asked, you know, at that time, how many do you think it would take? And you said, I don't think too many, because there really aren't too many of them. And Alan, you see, to me, uh, that's important for people to realize that all of these plans and all of what they're doing right now, and I know that we're part of it, and we have been, but it, we know that with Creator, uh, all things are possible. Uh, the possible as long as we understand fully, and I mean fully, uh, the situation we're in. Uh, you see, on the on the, close to this, on the mirror image of this, yes, uh, you have all the New Age movement, uh, which grabs all the real data. See, intelligence. This is how it put intelligence and in, counterintelligence is. Intelligence is information that's being passed around to the ordinary public. It's leaked out, it's getting passed around. Counterintelligence agencies that work for, for the super government um, grab that information. Uh, they put out their, their own people to become superstars, and so the public immediately listens to them. Yes. We're trained to follow the stars, like yes. Hollywood, yes. the big successful ones. So they say the same things, the intelligence, then they counter it by, by wrapping it up and, and a lot of nonsense and throwing it off into outer space or telling you it doesn't matter. It's all illusion. Oh, oh it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. And that's the trick of counterintelligence. Oh, uh-huh. It doesn't matter. You see, so I, I'm trying to tell people. It's all illusion. Yeah, and, and I've, I've heard people who phone me up, they'll follow the big ones, and that's what they'll tell me. It doesn't matter because nothing's real anyway. Mm. And I thought, boy, what a mind job has been done on them. Because now they're rendered utterly harmless. Well, you know, when I was uh, listening to your one of your videos, uh, watching, mm -hmm. and I, uh, the questions that come in my mind, mm -hmm. and one of them was. Okay, why are we here? Mm -hmm. Why are we here? Yep. 
who are we and why are we here? We are here. Mm -hmm. At least our consciousness. We we wake up every day as ourselves. Yes. And well, what I'm saying is, and we had this. Actually, it was a wonderful, spontaneous conversation once on the air. Yeah. And I remember the date, and I went and got that tape because I wanted to hear it. Yeah. And the tape was totally. Inaudible. Uh huh. And from my own machine. I I told you what happened here. No. Uh, a, a little while back there. Uh, well, I was taping something down to to Jason in the states. Yeah. He listened to it and all that. He put the tape up on something on top of a speaker or somewhere or a table, and the next morning it was wiped. Uh, you could hear his voice asking questions, and my voice was gone. Oh wow. Every everywhere I answered was gone. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the technology. Well, that that's what happened to the... Ta- I was just sick about it mm-hmm. because it was so important what we talked about, basically, that we are all existing mm-hmm. even though our consciousness is fully focused here in the physical yeah. realm, in the third dimension, but that every single thing we do here matters in yeah. every single dimension. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Here's the proof of it is in the incredible length and planning. Now, 9-11, let's just start with this nonsense here, 9-11, <laughs> because we know they published this in, in, in the, the project for New American Century, the whole the whole war plan to attack Afghanistan, Iraq, then Iran, then Syria, and so on. Uh-huh. And, um, and then Brzezinski brought his book out, The Grand Chessboard, with the same strategy and battle plan in it. So this was planned long before 9-11. And the proof is also in the fact that every, pretty well every country on the planet has signed into this anti-terrorism uh, campaign. And they went into action at the same time with the same plans to make sure they can survey every single person in their population totally in all communications. Now that, that obviously took, you know, how, you know the speed of bureaucracy? You know how slow bureaucracy oh, is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so this shows you the tremendous work that went in worldwide long before 9-11 came into being. Okay. And, and uh, here's your, your key. Now, what is it they're afraid of? I mean, there's people going through the border there who certainly do not look like Arabs. They don't look like Arabs. But everybody's going through this farce in every country. And and your telephones are being tapped, uh, your email, your fax, uh, all communications. You, everybody, has is, is obviously got something in them that terrifies them. Uh-huh. Everybody. It terrifies them. They're going to incredible lengths. See, in an absolutely totalitarian system, everyone must be predictable. And this is taught in, in, in law enforcement. So we... we, we must be unpredictable and unreasonable. We have to think yes. for ourselves. Yes. And that's the key, is thinking for ourselves. And you can't figure out what the world's all about until you start figuring out what you're all about. Yes. You see? Now, that doesn't mean you sit in navel gaze and, and cross your legs and shout om or whatever. Right. Uh, it's a matter of, of, of realizing that there's tremendous powers at play in this world. And, and no matter where you go with following the history and, and the way we're shepherded, so, so perfectly shepherded down through history by a small group of elite uh, 
masterminds you might say you'll always come up against the perfect planning of a, a diabolical type mind mm -hmm. and unfortunately in the language we were given which again was created deliberately as minimalistic in, in, in its descriptive capacities but you, you can't help but coming across something which is so intensely cunning and and, and uh, evil and and, uh, and just beyond the ordinary crook or even the super crook uh, because everything today is coming into place at the same time that was all started a long time ago everything is falling into place and coming together uh, we can read about this with Blavatsky and the creation of Theosophy which was intended to, to blend Christianity with Hinduism and then they brought that out uh, across the planet in an explosion with the Beatles when they went off to the Maharishi after they had gained their audience remember they didn't start like that first you got to grab the audience and, and the people follow the stars and once they were accepted and superstars then they went off to India and, and all their followers were suddenly delving into all these books on Hinduism mm -hmm. that was planned that way Kate let me ask oh gosh these conversations we have sometimes so many thoughts and questions just explode in my mind mm -hmm. um, not, trying to keep it in order here um, the reason that we have the religions mm -hmm. the reason they control education yeah. and entertainment mm -hmm. is that they want to control our thoughts because they know absolutely how powerful our thoughts are mm -hmm. and they know how powerful our words are yeah. and uh, behind the thoughts and the words what drives the force or the power of them are our emotions yes okay emotions and experiences yeah. exactly so they want to control our thoughts and you have 40,000 Judeo-Christians who are clamoring for quote Jesus to hurry up and come because he's going to take his seat in Israel yeah uh and this is God's plan. It's all God's plan. Uh -huh. So that's how religion does it. Yeah. Um, and the emotions, the fear, the concern. Yeah. Uh, when we start worrying and we start getting, oh, what am I going to do when this happens? I spoke with a friend today, an associate, let me say that. We had met at one time and we had had several conversations. And he was getting so frustrated with me. Because, you know, he was talking about, and we do know this, as self-sufficient as we can be, we must be. However, we can only do the best we can do, and if we sit around and worry about what's going to happen because we haven't done this or we haven't got that, the worry itself, the fear, is a negative energy that's being generated that they want us to generate. This, this is obvious, and, and this, is, uh, this is a strategy which has been used so many times before by the same people, and, and, and they've got the audacity to publish this in, in books. Uh, such as Carol Quigley, he, he published this strategy of terrorizing the general population uh, so that when you went to war, you'd, you'd breathe a sigh of relief. And they, they scared the British people for, for years, telling them they were going to get gassed. 
and uh, all the major cities in England um, shoved off their children, millions of children, off to, to Scotland and different Wales and different places. So they split up the families. And, and quickly, who was the historian for the CFR? He, you know, he wasn't just a member of right, it. Right, he was uh, their historian. He said that the Royal Institute of International Affairs, or, which is the British uh, one of the same company, the same group, um, he said that, that the newspaper men had all met together in the Royal Institute of International Affairs and, and decided and planned this strategy to terrorize the public yes. for, for three years. To keep us afraid. And, and then when, when they declared war, you see everybody almost breathed a sigh of relief that something was happening. Something's being done. And they gave gas masks to all the people. Everybody had to carry them. And it's the same stuff they're using now with the flu. Oh, the flu, they've been seeing this for, for years now and drumming, the, you know, getting the drums going and terrorizing the public. And, and now, that, now they're announcing, oh, it's definitely going to hit in, in, in the, the, this fall. Uh, they already admitted a few months ago it was going to hit here come about March or April. Oh, yeah, spring. And now they're, they're churning out these movies, these docudramas, using real members of the U.N., uh, and their various teams in the, in the WHO or doctors, yes. who I call it. And, and so they're, they're using actors and real people to make this seem so real to the public. Yes. And it goes through just like the disaster movies that we're all trained to watch. It's all done through fiction, and then comes the reality. Uh, they, they start off with day one when the, the first report comes in, yes. and day two, then they'll show you what happens. Well, it's up to day 15, and, and my God, there's rioting. And yeah, it's total chaos. And, and this is all training the public in the same type of mass hysteria, so as you'll do what you're told like a robot and go along with, with whatever it parts. Well, and can. Alan, the, uh, the energy itself that is generated, yeah. the, this is the way I see it in my mind's eye. Yeah. These creatures have no emotion. Mm -hmm. The ones in control, yep. they have no emotion. Mm -hmm. They have to have, and emotion is energy, and it is powerful, yep. and they have to have it in order to move their plan forward. Well, we do have... Uh, so they generate the negative emotions. They, they make us generate it. Um, well, I, exactly. Yeah. Well, they, they, they promulgate the fear the concern, the worry, yeah. the anger, the hatred, and people say, well, it's righteous anger, and, and, and whatever, I just know that when we get like that, we're doing and being and feeling the way they want us to. Absolutely, and I tell you something, too, when, you're, when someone's furious or angry, angry or afraid, um, they're missing so much around them they don't see things mm -hmm. and that's why they're giving us all this incredible fear all the time well this uh, this guy that I was talking to today mm -hmm. he was almost not hysterical but he was so intensively emotional mm -hmm. about Jesus Jackie don't you know what they're going to do and do you know that they're going to nuke this country I said I believe that that's what their plan is mm. you know I've said that before that they're probably going to set a nuke off in one of he said more than one city I said how do you know but you see he, he I wasn't reacting or responding mm -hmm. with enough emotion yeah. and he said well, you, you don't seem to get it I said yes I do get it I said, but what good is my sitting and worrying 
about something. He said, because then you can be prepared. I said, how do we prepare? We have to be self-sufficient. I said, well, well, do you have any suggestions for me? Well, you have to talk to people and you have to do this and, you know, get a group of people together. And basically, uh, he was frustrated with me, Alan. Yes. But I said, I'm not going to live in fear Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to live in worry because I discovered a long time ago my worry changes nothing. That's right. And I will do the best that I can do and there's where our faith comes in. And we are going to take a break here in about 40 seconds. Uh, Folks, Alan Watts' website is uh, Cutting Through the Matrix. C-H-R-O-U-G-H, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And, of course, SweetLiberty.org is our website. Alan has three videos now. If you haven't seen them, you will want to take the time. If you'd like to get a copy of this first program, on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net, radio around the world and on satellite. And you'll receive an MP3 all of our Often asked questions of Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. What's the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver. For only fifteen straight in this DVD series this on the Civil War first from the old radio.com history conference. Follow the instructions was there a to make slaves free, or, or was it a war to adopt power of your favorite Get program? Please don't forget yourself. that most of the war programs of federal first amendment radio. Get this DVD presentation. Don't do an ad of the truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. All right, we're back with Alan Watt, folks. Um, you know, I, 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 I wanted to say again, just before the break, when, when we when we think about, and I know that it's, it's it, Alan. It takes what does it take? Maybe understanding. I don't think it takes willpower. I don't think we can make ourselves quit worrying until we understand and really get it that worrying about something changes nothing. And I'm not saying, you know, we don't have concerns about somebody we love or et cetera, but what I'm getting at is to set and worry. 
Well, it's a mobilization. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, say it again. It's a mobilization. Uh, that's what pure worry does. Uh, worry it immobilizes you. Yeah, um, it immobilizes the person. And uh, it, uh, it truly will give you very poor health to begin with. It will bring you down quickly. Yes. And if you're worrying and fretting, it also brings those around you down quickly. Too. Well, and you know what? Given that we're our thoughts, our emotions, our fears, etc., that we do attract to us that which we fear. Yeah. Uh, it's all. But but what the thing is to say to somebody, well, don't worry. They're like, what are you nuts? You know, how can I not worry? Mm-hmm. Chuck and I talked about this a lot because he was a free ward. Uh-huh. And uh, we had so many conversations about it. Finally, one day, I mean, he, I, I asked him, I said, he was concerned about finances. And, and the, of course, if you're in sales and you're hungry and you show that you're hungry and that you're worried, you're an opposite, like an opposite uh, a magnet, mm-hmm. like you repel instead of attract. Yeah. And, I, and, and one day I finally said it in a way that he understood. And I and I and I asked him, Chuck, could it could it be worse any worse than it is right now? And he said no. I said so. What has all your worry got you? He said nothing. I said well then try giving it up because it is useless and it it, it does it de-energizes you. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could just go out and have fun with what you're doing. Enjoy the people that you're talking with and don't worry because that's what the stoppage is. And Alan, I saw it in his eyes that it finally sunk in. And I'm telling you, it was, I mean, even that same day, he did something that he said when he got home, I don't know what made me do that. (laughs) Well, he he gave up, basically, is what he did. And wound up getting a sale that gave him a seven hundred dollar commission yeah, that yeah. same afternoon. It was within an hour after he left mm-hmm. that the call came to the house, and um, and and so to say to somebody, don't worry, they look at you like, well, how can you not worry? Yeah. Well, because I found out that worry changes nothing. Well, that's the same thing we were talking about earlier about the language itself. It isn't specific enough as compared to other languages and and so really what we're talking about is when you get to a state of fretting when you fret you know uh-huh. and when you're fretting about something uh, that that's worry that is not constructive uh, you're worrying for the sake of worry with no solutions you see that's destructive uh-huh. it's a destructive state but what good does worry do? Well, what I mean is we should really differentiate it between concern. Concern, yes. You see, concern exactly. is In other words, you always know, and uh, yeah, this is wrong, and I see what they're doing, and, and you're aware of things, but you don't, you don't let it get into a panic state where you, you sit and fret about it. Well, for example, uh, you know, frantically saying, they are going to do this, yeah. They are going to do that. They are going... And I said, well, I know what their plans are. Yeah. I know what their intentions are. I am not going to help to speak their plans into the, 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 the material world. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. And they... I know that they know this, Alan. Well, they know it. And that's why they've got us 
saying, oh, well, it's God's plan. It's God's plan. I had, I had somebody call one day and said, you know, when I was talking about, he says, I love listening to you because you're so inspiring. But he said, Jackie, don't you understand? It's God's plan. It's preordained. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and when you can get a billion or two or three billion people yeah. thinking, I, I, you know what I believe? I believe that if enough of us said the sun comes up in the West, yeah. that the whole physical apparatus would change, Alan. Yeah. That our belief holds it in place. I'd have to move the kitchen to the other room. There you go. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, 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 but that is so important for us to know that with all of this terror that they are uh, trying to create, and they are terrorists. <laughs> this is a reign of terror. It's, yes. not, it's not a war on terror. It's your standard uh, Illuminati-type reign of terror. And I was thinking about the Trotsky the other day there. And Trotsky wrote a few books. One of them was was a book, I think it was in Praise of Terror. He was justifying... In Praise of Terror. He said the techniques of terrorizing uh-uh. the population um, so that they go along... Uh, with what the elite had planned. And of course, he counted himself amongst the elite of his day. They do know what they're doing. They know. This, this is an old technique of stampeding the public. You know, I think it was uh, around 1500 when Britain wanted to... to well, it wasn't Britain. We should, we should stop using these terms, really. It was a, a group in London who wanted to go to war with uh, the whole of France and Luther, basically. And they put out propagandists to go into communities and I don't know if you've seen these, these um, speakers they had that would, that would say oh yeah oh yeah and everybody would gather around the village and he'd give the latest news that's what they did uh-huh. they sent them from London and, and they told the people these were ordinary people they actually they were illiterate and it, they told them that uh, there were strange events strange events happening it's kind of familiar um, where, where shipwrecks were coming up on, on the coast of England and, and these strange Frenchmen that don't look human um, were being caught. And, and it actually came that a ship that came across uh, and did flounder off England, um, some, they had some pet monkeys on board, and some of the local people hung them thinking they were French. Oh, my. That's what they do. Oh, with, my. With the, well, we're hearing the same stuff, but the aliens are here and, and yeah. all the rest of it. It's the same strategies they've used down the, the, the ages to confuse us, panic us, and to do ridiculous things. Yes. And and we see this. You remember Orson Welles did, did the, the War of the World yes. on radio? And people jumped out of windows. And they were shooting at water towers thinking these were the aliens. Ah. Uh-huh. And, and people died, you know, during that panic. And yes. Smashes. People, and people admitted, uh, killed themselves before the aliens could get them. And then admitted, uh, in conjunction with the CIA, it was a, 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 a national psychological test on the public with using psychology department of Princeton University. This is authorized they authorized them to do the panic wow. And this is for, for was for future use. Sure. And now we're seeing the similar techniques being used today where there's always a great enemy or, or multiple enemies. So now, now all Arabs are suspect 
and um, and even though you, you don't look anything like an Arab, you're going you're to get stopped and questioned That's too. That's right. And, and then you've got bird flu that you can't even see, you see. So you've all these strange enemies all coming at you at once. And then, then the CIA is putting up, well, you're going to get nuked, and it's coming, and as well off the harbor, and blah, blah, blah. And, and this is all to panic the people. And when you're running in a circle, uh, the big boys are moving swiftly. Well, you know what happens to Alan? Mm. When we're in fear like that, yeah. we're disconnect from our spirit. It's spirit uh, uh, and personal power. Yes. And, and, and you're right to participate in life and the creation of destiny because you forget it all. You're looking for a savior to come, generally in a suit and tie or a uniform, and it's not going to happen. Uh, you are your own champion here. And we, oh, thank you. Yes. If there is a hero... It's each and every one of us, mm-hmm. and, and it comes down to this, really, I, I believe, well, you've said it. In fact, when you said it, it took me maybe six months to really get it, that it's up to each and every one of us mm-hmm. how we live our lives, Alan. Yeah, and we have a right to. You see, we have, we have, we, we're all born the same way. I don't care if someone's sitting uh, in the top of Buckingham Palace or the Pentagon or, or, or the White House. We're all born the same way. And, and really, they have no uh, special rights over our destinies. Uh, they're not my shepherd, put it that way. Yep. I don't need a shepherd. Well, th- it's not a physical one. Yes, it? exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is that if we're living in fear, mm-hmm. there's no way that we can live in a way that could make a difference. Yeah. Uh, because we're not connected, we're not hearing that inner voice, that inner guidance. I shouldn't say voice, maybe, because I'm not talking about an actual voice. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the guidance, yeah. the understanding uh, and, and awareness that is within us, there's no way we're going to be able to be in touch with that. Yeah. If we're living in fear and anxiety and yeah. anger. You're just like sheep running around in a pen, yeah. bouncing off the walls. Because you're, you're, you're panicking. Your panic is the word, yeah. So, so maybe sometimes when somebody says, what is it we can do? Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> it's a long journey because it's, yeah. it's, it's a process. It isn't just... Uh, I know. You, you, you have to decide, you know, really look into yourself, first of all. Yes. And see, most people truly want the system just to, time to stop. They want the, the time just to stop. And they can continue slowly in their system. In other words, it, it, just don't let it get any worse. Don't let it get worse. And I keep saying, look, this, this, this system, which they call civilization, uh, is, is the money system which they gave us thousands of years ago, at least many thousands of years ago. And and they gave us, and that gave the leisure class. It also gave the ability to tax labor from people because we are all working towards their great plan. You see? Yes, we are. Yes. And and. Um, we, we, you can't save something that is corrupt from the base upwards. Uh, you, you can't do it. You can't save. What part of the corruption do you want to save? Yes, and I, I know that we've talked about this, mm-hmm. but I will say it again. Uh, it was Betty Mills and I when we were having a conversation. Like, <coughs> one day, okay, I said, Betty, if we could stop it right here, mm-hmm. how in the world... Would we ever start turning it around? Yeah. Well, then, years later, it occurred to me 
there's nothing to turn around to. Yeah. Why would we want to turn it around? Yeah, but what part of the corruption in history? Yeah, would you like to have that? Yeah. Or would you like to preserve or go back to? Because as long as money has been in here, uh, which brought around uh, the ability of a, of a ruling elite to live and hire people to scheme and manage the people, uh, it's always been corrupted. We've never truly been free. And in fact, we've no real records. All the records we'll have, what we're given in history, is, is given by uh, the, the, the authorized historians. Uh, just like the authorized Bible, it's yeah. authorized by the top. And so they give us authorized history. And when you dig into the history yourself and, and the, the various um, writings of ancient times, you start to, to piece it together for yourself. Uh -huh. And um, these characters have tried this before. Uh, that's Anytime. why they're going to such incredible lengths today to try and ensure they know what everyone else is to everybody in the planet. I mean, that, that's a fearful state to be in for them when they must have a minute observation of every single man, woman, and child on this planet. That tells you that this is a critical phase uh, for those at the top. Uh-huh. Yeah. Their window of op opportunity. Yep. And, and, and this has never, ever happened on a world scale like this before. Even during World War II, we didn't have all of this hassle and, and uh, listening, snooping to every single individual. Right. Uh, they're going to every extreme. There's never been a, a tyrant in history could have dreamt of having this power or even going this far as, as they're doing today. Well, I guess they dreamt of it, but they didn't have the... the know -how right, exactly. Mm -hmm. How was that going to happen? Mm -hmm. So this is an incredible length they're going to, and they're having their world meetings. They're having one in Ottawa um, in June. Uh, that's the Bilderberger meeting. So uh, they have their big world meeting. And Builder Burger, you see, this is Mas high Masonic. Uh, build, the builders, that's why they called it after the builder. They've been named the Builder Burger Hotel before they had the meeting. This is how they do it. And, and it's the, they build, the burg is the mountain, you see. There's a, and the mountain, of course, is a symbol of the pyramid. The pyramid is an artificial, perfected mountain. They want to perfect nature by completely recreating it right. scientifically. So, so they give you this in your face all the time. And we see what appears to be some of the main characters, but we're not seeing what's in those characters. And say that, what you uh, shared with us one night, uh, in other words, and I was thinking about this earlier, mm -hmm. that there is, uh, if you would call it, maybe another dimensional mm -hmm. uh, force that is at work here. Definitely. Um, as I say, you must look at today and all of the things which have been pushed since the 1960 onwards. And... <laughs> Even though they started in the late 1800s with this push, they really brought it out. And they put everybody into channeling. Everybody from psychologists and their patients to even visualization into, into which is really to help promote the next step of channeling. That's what they're really pushing. Uh, and channeling is bringing something into you that doesn't belong there. Yes. 
and and, and I look I look at these guys like the Kissingers and I see a very dark person a darkness around them well remember you were telling us about that uh, high Freemason you were talking to mm-hmm. and you saw oh I saw that I mean I see I'd love personally to be able I really would to be able to say this is all advanced science and they certainly have incredible advanced sciences beyond what we're given even in science fiction uh, at a high level the higher matrix but 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 there's no doubt um, we're up against something else here uh, these are entities which can flip through them and they bring them in they, I, I didn't want to believe it till I saw it yeah and they welcome them they actually make it yeah because with the high degrees they take in higher entities this is what they claim themselves and at first I didn't believe it till I saw what was written through the guy and uh, it was unmistakable yeah and I would love I would dearly love to put it all down to just basic science and so on and I do know they can certainly put thoughts in a person's head through through science because they've been doing that since the 1800s yeah. with Alexander Graham Bell's father that's what he was specializing in and, and, and Alexander just took over the job you know so so yeah they have advanced science but there's also this other added entity which is above the human intellect beyond it certainly is beyond the cunningness of the average individual and beyond the physical yeah uh, world and, uh, and of course they get a trade off they get uh, a bit of longevity yeah. and, and tremendous health if they take these entities on but they also have to allow the entity to, to take on or to, to spend more time within them Hell to an entity is absence of the physical world. Uh-huh. And you mean hell to one of those entities? That's right. It's, it's, and it's you can being a, a mind in a, in a, say a, one of those, um, uh, what do you call them, those, those deprivation tanks where you, you float in water yes. and you lose yes. uh, desensitizing. Well, if you were just a mind floating in space and you couldn't move or go anywhere, you're just a thought, you're thinking and you couldn't feel, touch, smell or anything, uh, that would be hell. And so these characters want to inhabit the physical realm because for some reason or other, they're basically trapped within this realm and because they're trapped, they want to first conquer this realm in order first to, to break out of it. But they want to create... Oh, you, you believe that... you? In other words, are you saying that they believe if they can conquer this realm, yeah. they can break out of it? That's right. That is right. Ultimately, through their own intellect, I mean, this is the boast down through the ages, they will become gods over all the gods. In other words, break out and be above everything. What do they, do they believe in a creator? Uh, they, they, they certainly a- seem to, something definitely has, has put them here, but it's not the same as humans. Uh, but I'm not talking about, let's say, what they call the fallen angels or... What I mean is the 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 spirit or the uh, the energy, the force, the intelligent thought that created the spirit that man. I know it, it's just hard to it's hard to formulate, but they they want to to because they. they, they they're basically eternal, you might say, uh, spiritually or whatever one want to call this thing, this entity. They want a physical body ultimately to inhabit, which will also match it and live forever. They want physical immortality, and that's why we've been driving uh, through science all this time, is to create 
this this for them, not for the people here, but for of them. Of course. Uh, barring accidents, there's no reason why they couldn't. And uh, David Suzuki, who is a, a geneticist, and he does all the, the nature programs for the Audubon Wildlife Society and all these big societies, uh, he said on national television here a few years ago, he said, we now have the capability to make a person live to 500 years if we want to. I believe that. Because they can stop the, 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 the aging gene from kicking in, the time gene. Uh, the time gene. So, and, and, and Alan, mm-hmm. do you think that it is a probability, or at least a possibility, I see it as a probability, yeah. that the human uh, body did live for maybe hundreds of years in the past Mm -hmm. and that the DNA was messed with, Mm -hmm. sort of like a self-destruct mode or something that, well, like in the Old Testament, it says that we are allotted four score and and ten years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's 70 years, and if we really live well, we might get 80. Yeah. Well, that was in the old. That's in the Old Testament. I know. And yet, in those days, Methuselah and all of them were living for hundreds of years. Mm, yeah. Again, this is she's mixed with allegory, uh, just like like other writings uh, to do with with solar events, not real people. Uh, and that, that what they're really telling you is that these are not characters. These are not really physical people. Uh huh. These are solar events, and of course over the course of the many thousands of years and um, uh, such as the, the great zodiacal cycle uh, it's, it's the journeys of the sun and so on uh, down through the ages and ecliptic as we go as the earth wobbles um, so, so different constellations come into view and dominate for a couple of thousand uh-huh, years uh-huh. these are all to do with solar, stellar and lunar cycles they're not real people and, and that's what the elite have always known. They've given us this. They have wrapped truths about human nature and, and so and their system in it. But do you uh, believe that in years gone by or eons gone by, mm-hmm. that the human body lasted a lot longer than it I does? I think if it was not tampered with and injected, yeah. Yeah. and our food was mod- modified before we even knew it, we're the last to know what the, how long it's been going on. Yeah, without all of this tampering with us. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure the disease creation as well. Uh, yeah, we could live a lot longer and definitely healthier and, and fitter right and, up to the end. And think about this. As, as we live longer, we become more, not wise. intelligent, but more wise. knowledgeable. Wise. And you know, wise. the thing, too. In old yeah. cultures and tribal systems, before this infection came in, uh, the elderly people were held in the, the, the highest respect yes because they had the wisdom that was necessary for survival of everyone and, and, and the elders also were caretakers of the young people yeah because they passed their wisdom on that was why it was so vital to split up the family and, and really get removed the older people uh, from the family because they passed down the knowledge yes and, and have been very successful and that. today of course the, the uh, elders are useless eaters. Yeah, according and, to the elite, yeah. Yeah, and... And, uh, and even the UN have said that a good uh, world citizen... Now, world citizen um, was an illuminated term. That was the first time it was used was by Weishaupt. And the Rockefeller... I've got tapes from Rockefeller's foundation where he's, he calls, he's giving awards for world citizenship. 
this is no coincidence no. here. <laughs> and and uh, it's the same bunch, you see. Yeah. And, and the long before Weishaupt as well. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago or whatever mm-hmm. about the um, on our website at sweetliberty.org in the um, shadow government section. Mm-hmm. We That's where we have the... Uh, New Order of Barbarians, and they talked about how important it is to break up the family, and especially the extended family. Yeah. And I remember when Effie was going to come to visit that one. Folks, listen to me what I'm saying. I'm saying this. Well, of course, our whole conversation is for our listeners, but this is so you can understand how they do what they do. Effie was going to come to visit. She was uh, going to get a senior citizen's discount on her airline fare. And they said that if she wanted a senior citizen's discount, she had to make her trip within a round trip within four weeks. And when she told me that, I thought about, you know, that new order of the barbarians. And I said, Effie, why? Why does it matter to them how long you stay? If you have an open round trip ticket... Why do they care? Why do you have to come back in four weeks? Well, I say that it's because they don't want children with their grandparents. She called every other airline, and every single airline had the same policy, Alan. And so that means if Grandma's going to go to visit the family, you can't stay more than four weeks or you don't get the discount. That's right. And that's how they do it. It's little things like this. Yeah, yeah. and you call it the coordination between all airlines. All airlines. There's obviously coordination. And here we are at the end of our hour. Mm -hmm. And this is, these are the times I wish we had two. Mm -hmm. Or maybe three, Alan. (laughs) Folks, Alan and I will be back with you next Wednesday night. And Darren is with you on Mondays and Tuesdays at sweetliberty.org listening live. And please do tune in to Darren Reese Monday and Tuesday. Thank you for being with us tonight. And Alan, this has been lovely. And thank you tonight. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Good night.